Hey listeners, thanks for tuning in. This is Jake from Fear the Talking Queers. We want to invite you to listen to our episode of Scream. However, this was one of our very first episodes that we recorded, and we recorded it before the whole national conversation switched. And so um, these are sort of what we are referring to as the lost tapes. Um, So these are our very first episodes. If something's a little date, like a few weeks behind, you know, forgive a bitch, okay? Uh, Sit back. Relax and enjoy our episode on Scream. Sweet screams. Fear the talking queers. Welcome to episode one of Fear the Talking Queers. Yes, I'm Jake Signs. And I'm Frankie Corona. Good morning, bitch. Good morning, bitch. <laughs> It's still morning, so... And quarantine, morning ends at three. Yeah, honestly, every day is like Groundhog's Day, so who knows, who cares what time it is? Seriously. Who cares what day it is? Like, it doesn't matter. It's all the same no. right at the moment. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it to Halloween, y'all. I'm just trying to fucking get make, to Halloween, bitch! I'm just bitch. trying to make sure there's a Halloween. If I ever ran for president, which I would never do, but if I did, I would declare... Halloween, a national holiday, and everybody would be off of work. So they can take their kids trick-or-treating and decorate their house and carve pumpkins. Right. And that's why you will (laughs) never be president. (laughs) What are we talking about today? We are talking about the entire Scream franchise. Our favorite thing to talk about. The reason we are friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. We love Scream. It is the one, is the thing that really solidified Frankie and I's friendship like 10 years ago. Yes. We bonded over it. We... We're so excited to learn that we both of us knew so much about this film. And we were so excited to find out that there was somebody out there that was just like us. Absolutely. First, we're going to go over an overview of the whole storyline that encompasses all four films. Right. So, Scream begins in the beautiful town of Woodsboro, California, mm. shot not too far from my house, um, which is shook by the rape and murder of Maureen Prescott one year before the story begins. So the movie opens with Casey Becker, played by Drew Barrymore, yes. who receives phone calls from an elusive and mysterious voice that soon begins to harass and threaten her using horror movie references and a game of cat and mouse. Soon, Casey and her boyfriend Steve are brutally murdered by the killer, clad in a costume complete with a ghost-based mask. We are then taken on a thrilling ride following <laughs> Maureen Prescott's strong yet vulnerable daughter, yeah. Sydney. <laughs> Played by Party of Five's Nev Campbell. <laughs> and this is happening one year post Maureen's murder. So the killer begins to call, stalk, and harass Sydney and company, including her brassy best friend Tatum, played by Rose McGowan. Love her. Sydney's rebellious boyfriend, Billy Loomis, played by Skeet Ulrich. Tatum's goofy boyfriend, Stu, played by Scooby Doo's Matthew Lillard. <laughs> <laughs> and their fifth wheel friend, Randy, played by Malibu's Jamie Most Kennedy. Wanted. <laughs> Or <laughs> the mask too. Um, <laughs> uh, he's a Randy's a horror movie geek with an unrequited love for Sydney. Meanwhile, Gail Weathers, played by the delicious Courtney Cox, yes. is a reporter writing a book about Maureen's murder, and she is convinced and determined to prove that these new murders are a continuation of Maureen's murder. And the man behind bars for Maureen's murder, Cotton Weary, played briefly by Lee F. Schreiber. Briefly. I mean briefly. Briefly. 1.5 seconds. <laughs> She's out to prove that Sydney wrongly accused Cotton of her mother's murder. 
Of course, Gail is not well received by Sydney or her friends. However, she does make a friend in Deputy Dewey Riley, played by David Arquette, who she manipulates into giving her key information about the ongoing investigation. What transpires throughout the film is a meta, suspenseful game of whodunit, with the red herring being Sydney's father, who has been missing after leaving for a business trip. The movie concludes with the unmasking of the killer, which turns out to be both Billy and Stu, who have been using the ghost face costume and a voice changer to disguise themselves. While Stu says he was peer pressured into the killing spree, Billy confesses his serious deviant behavior, <laughs> began with his mother abandoning him after discovering his father, Mr. Loomis, was having an affair with Sydney's mother, Maureen, causing him to kill Maureen and everyone else following. His goal was to frame Sydney's father for the murders. Sydney, with the help of Gail, overcomes Billy and Stu, and our survivors at the end of the movie are Sydney, Gail, Randy, and we find out in Scream 2 that Dewey has also survived. Which leads us to Scream 2. Scream 2. So Sydney and Randy uh, go and enroll in the same college, Windsor College. Um, I think it's a fictitious college. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, Gail's written her best-selling book titled The Woodsboro Murders, which has now been adapted into a feature film called Stab. The movie begins with Sydney and Randy's classmates, Maureen Evans, played by Jada Pinkett Smith, and her boyfriend, Phil Stevens, attending an early screening of the movie within a movie, Stab, based on Sydney's life. Very meta, of course. Very. Uh, Maureen and Phil are, are soon killed by a new ghost face disguised in a sea of moviegoers costume by the theater. This new killer is hell-bent on recreating the Woodsboro murders by starting off with a spree with victims who share a name with someone who died in Woodsboro. The killer wreaks havoc on Windsor College, making Sydney, Randy, and Sydney's new boyfriend, Derek, and her new friends, Hallie and Mickey, the primary targets. Uh, Gail returns with an acquitted Cotton Weary, who has been proven innocent. That Liev Schreiber 1.5 cameo, um, you know, he's now back as like a main character. He, he had a glow up. Right, yes. So Cotton's goal is to receive some notoriety from the success of the Woodsboro murders. Um, Dewey shows up to Windsor to make sure his surrogate little sister, Sydney, is safe from the new ghost face. Um, Dewey, however, is annoyed to find Gail on the scene after her unflattering description of him in her book, but they eventually rekindle their romance. After a high body count that includes the tragic death of Randy, the, oh. the killer is unveiled by a, a new is unveiled to be a new friend, Mickey, who is movie obsessed, um, and he is trying to produce a real life sequel. However, there is once again a second killer, a woman named Debbie Salt, who appears throughout the story as a reporter trying to follow in Gail's footsteps. She's actually Mrs. Loomis, Billy's mother, the killer from the first film, seeking revenge on Sydney for killing her son and losing her family due to Maureen's affair with her ex-husband. Sydney, with the surprising help of Cotton Weary, overcomes the killers in a bloody showdown. Sydney gives heroic credit to fame-seeking Cotton Weary, who immediately feeds off his newfound media attention. And our survivors are again Sydney, Gail, Dewey, and this time Cotton. Yes, which leads us to Scream 3. So Sydney is tired of it. She goes off to live a life of seclusion. <laughs> Gail and Dewey have broken up, and she's still writing the success of her best-selling books, The Woodsboro Murders, and, of course, The Windsor College Murders, as well as their film adaptations, Stab and Stab 2. Dewey is presumed to be in Woodsboro, and Cotton has gone full Hollywood, beginning a life in the spotlight, with his newest job being a cameo in the new fictional film, Stab 3, Return to Woodsboro. Ooh. 
<laughs> which I would love to see. Right. Um, okay. Cotton, <laughs> Cotton soon finds himself falling victim to a new killer's phone games. Soon enough, Cotton and his actress girlfriend, who had been cast in, as Maureen Prescott in Stab 3, are murdered in their Hollywood home. LAPD detective Kincaid, played by Patrick Dempsey, who looks, who's never looked better, um, <laughs> seeks the help of Gail to figure out if Cotton's murder is related to the Ghostface murder sprees. It's soon clear that these new murders are related, as with every murder, a photo of Maureen Prescott is left on the scene with the message that the new killer was also responsible for the murder of Maureen Prescott back in Woodsboro. Gail begins her investigation on the set of Stab 3, where she finds Dewey serving as a technical advisor on the new film. <laughs> Gail also finds out that he's living with actress Jennifer Jolie, played amazingly, amazingly. by Parker oh, Posey. Maybe the best character in the entire franchise. <laughs> Absolutely. So she is, uh, Jennifer Jolie in the Stab movies, is plays Gail. So, what... Meanwhile, <laughs> cast members of the new film begin to be killed in the order their characters die in the Stab 3 script. With Jennifer being next in line, the pressure is on to solve the mystery. It is discovered that the photos of Maureen popping up are old headshots that she was using when she was working as an actress in Hollywood, which <laughs> is a secret, <laughs> randomly, a secret that Sydney finds out when she decides to come out of hiding to help the investigation. She's Sydney's in it for 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, stab producer John Milton reveals that Maureen was passed around by Hollywood elites before being cast out when she refused to play the game, the Hollywood game. In a bloody Hollywood finale, it is revealed that the killer is Stab 3 director Roman Bridger, who, as a child, was abandoned by his mother, Maureen Roberts, later known as Maureen Prescott. Sydney comes face-to-face with her half-brother as he explains how he went to Winsboro to reunite with his mother, but instead was turned away. He then began stalking Maureen until he found out about her affair with Mr. Loomis. He then admits to being the one to tell Billy about the affair and helping Billy plan Maureen's murder. Sydney and Roman engage in a fight to the finish in which Sydney proves once again she is like the best final girl in any slasher. Literally, Sydney has been through a she's, lot. Already. She's been through a lot and, it's and she always comes out on top. Uh, no, no. So Sydney, Gale, and Dewey survive. And then what happens? So uh, 10 years pass and several fictional stab. Um, did I just say fictional? Wow. You girl, you did. <laughs> Let me sort over. All right. 10 years pass and several fictional stab sequels have been produced. Sydney goes on to write her own successful book, Out of Darkness. Gail and Dewey are now married, living in Woodsboro. Dewey's the sheriff, but Gail struggles with life out of the spotlight and tries to find her voice again. Sydney stops in Woodsboro to promote her book. However, a new killer has set out to make a real-life reboot of the original Woodsboro murders, and Woodsboro teenagers are being killed by the new ghost face. At the epicenter of the chaos is Sydney's niece, Jill, played by Emma Roberts, and her friends yes. Kirby, played by Hayden Panettiere, Olivia, Robbie, Charlie, and Jill's ex-boyfriend, Trevor. Yes, you know, LGBT superstar, <laughs> Nico Tortorella. Dewey prevents Gail from getting involved with the investigation to keep her safe. Gail, fully inspired, decides she will start an independent investigation. Gail soon finds the Woodsboro High students are planning a stab-a-thon in which they watch all seven stab movies to relive the legacy of their hometown. After several suspects and victims, a stab-a-thon after-party seems to put the lives of Jill and her friends in danger. Sydney comes face-to-face with the killer and sets out to find Jill as she feels Jill is the next target. 
Uh, soon we come to find out that Jill is the new killer, along with her friend Charlie. Jill has decided that it is her turn to cash in on the family fame and be the new face of the franchise. She kills Charlie and Trevor in an attempt to frame them. She then stabs Sydney, leaving her for dead. Jill proceeds to stab and beat herself to give the illusion that she's the sole <laughs> survivor of the new killing spree. So good, which is just like slamming into things. Uh, in the hospital, Jill awakes, ready to start her new fame. However, she learns from Dewey that Sydney has survived her wounds and is recovering. Gail and Dewey soon figure out Jill is one of the killers just in time just in time for Jill to attack Sydney in a hospital room and attempts to finish killing her. Sydney, Gale, and Dewey prevail once again, leaving Jill dead as the seventh and final killer of the Scream franchise until a newly announced Scream 5 hits theaters. Yes. So that is Scream 1 through 4. In a very small nutshell. Yes, in a very small nutshell. <laughs> There's plenty of details that are in there, but do you know what? That is the, the outline of what happened in this entire franchise. So let's go through some fun facts. First, um, we have already recorded this episode previously. <laughs> We're just talking about Scream 1 for an hour and 40 minutes. Right, and so and we decided we need to probably pare those down because Frankie and I can literally talk about this movie for hours. For, days. for hours, apparently, because we did that <laughs> the other day. And we're like, mm, maybe um, this isn't the best approach. Let's try this again. Yeah, so, so fun facts... The box office for this movie, the, the first original movie, Scream, came out in December of 1996. Um, and it's opening weekend. Not a lot of people, I guess, want to see horror movies during Christmas. I don't know what the hell that's about. But it only made $6 million. But word got out that this movie was fucking awesome. So it ended up scoring at like $173 million in the box office. Right. And it was in theaters for eight months. That's insane. I think that a lot, like, a lot of that has to do with the fact that like slasher films had died like they they had they weren't they were sort of like a relic of like the 80s you know and they they petered out nobody was really interested in seeing them and so then no. for a new slasher film to come out nobody was really interested you know but they were very i i think they were very smart about how they cast the film because Yes. You know, so they got a huge star like Drew Barrymore to be in Scream 1, you know, Scream. And um, she was originally slated to be the role of Sidney Prescott. But Drew, being the producer that she is, the queen that she is, yes, she, she was like, wait a the minute. The princess of Hollywood. Literally. And she was like, wait a minute, hold on. What if I was the opening kill. I was the girl in the beginning who sets this whole thing off and that will then like immediately tell the audience that nobody is safe. You know? Nobody. If Drew Barrymore is not safe, this A-list actress who's, who was in the spotlight severely then, she dies in the first 20 minutes, then no one's safe. No one's safe. And I think that really, that really did, um, I think, help Scream reach a new level and especially because I don't think a lot of A-list stars starred in horror films. At the, no. You know, or, you know, they, they become the A-list stars after right, ex- they did their, ex- exact, yes. pay their dues in a horror film. Right, because horror films are sort of are 
you know, even still, sometimes that, deemed as yeah, even still, sometimes deemed as like low, like a low level of entertainment, like very low. But brow. back then, can you imagine trying to be like an A-list celebrity and they're like uh, your agent calls and says you have an amazing new audition? You're like, oh my god, great! What's it for? And they're like, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight, Jason right. Takes Manhattan. Like no, <laughs> like, absolutely, no, I don't like, want to be in that. Right, of course they're not going to want to be in that. And so I think the success of Scream spawned a new craze. Right, spawned a new craze and especially within A-list people in Hollywood who are like, oh my gosh, I I want to start in a horror film now. You know, that's not something that was kind of <laughs> no, people popular to do. dying to be in those. Right, yeah. so then all of a sudden we got a whole slew of follow-ups to Scream with other <laughs> the sequels or like just other slasher films like I know you did last Urban summer. Legend. Absolutely, and like all of a sudden now starring big stars like people wanted to be in you know slasher films now or horror films and anybody who would have been in this movie would have been a star because a lot of the other uh, actresses being considered for the role of sydney were Brittany murphy <gasps> melissa melissa i know it should have been homies. amazing oh god yes so and also melissa joan hart of <laughs> sabrina the teenage witch fame <laughs> and reese witherspoon can you imagine melissa joan hart i don't know it would not have been the movie that it was. Oh. Nev Campbell was the perfect casting choice for Sydney, right? Because she has, she's just like a, just like a wounded little flower, but you know, she yes. has sweet strength. Even out of the, even between Drew, Brittany, Melissa, and Reese, I think the only other person that could probably fill those shoes would have been Reese Witherspoon. Well, yeah, because she's like a great actress. <laughs> Like, what are you trying to say? Not trying to shade, shade those other hoes, but I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Like, who is still an A-list superstar is Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. yeah. Um, David Arquette had originally been up for the role of Billy. Um, he was not considered for Dewey at first. It was his idea to play Dewey. Dewey was supposed to be like this really masculine, like muscular man, which I don't see it being that way at all. I mean, I think it's probably good that they... I mean... Yeah, we can't see. Uh, it might have been okay that he was like kind of like dewy but hot, like hot and stupid. Hot and stupid. But I letting mean, Gale just trump all over him. Right, but I guess they just went on for full goofy. Not that I don't find, you know, David Arquette in the first film is like, he's, you know, like goofy. Yeah. He's goofy, but he's kind of cute. And then. Um, also, up for the role of Billy was Joaquin Phoenix. Dang, that would have been crazy. Walking <laughs> Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon is Billy and Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, both of them have Oscars now, so jokes yes. on us. So the legacy of Scream lived on through, yeah, the, there's spinoffs like Urban Legend and I Know What You Did Last Summer, several sequels, TV shows, MTV made the Scream the TV series. Yeah. And I think the most successful of the Scream hanger honors was uh, the scary movie spoof. Oh, Absolutely. Just, it was amazing, first uh, of all. That uh, movie is amazing. I probably know those films just as well as I know. <laughs> well, at least the first two. I know. The, uh, the, I love the first one. The second one, oh. I watch every now and then, but the first one is like a Bible I to know, me. but I don't know what, what it was. Like, I don't know. It was like 11-year-old me was like obsessed with these films. I remember being... T- I was... When Scary Movie 1 <laughs> came out... Um, I, me and my friends, like in my neighborhood, I was probably about 10 years old, 10 or 11. And my, (laughs) my neighbor's mom took a group of us to go see it in theaters. Oh, can you imagine? Did she know that there'd be dicks in it? I don't think so. But even I was like, I can't, like if I, if I were ever to let my mom know. (laughs) 
<laughs> like what we had just seen. Like, but do you know what? It's all good. But I like I was I know those movies too. Like backwards and forwards. I think Anna Ferris is a motherfucking star. I think yeah, she's hilarious. She is. Go check out her podcast. Okay, Anna Ferris is unqualified. That is my favorite. Anyway. Yes, I know she's so good. She's so funny. Yes, and Mom um, is one of my favorite shows. I, I I've Na- never seen uh, it, and it takes place in Napa. It does take place in Napa. Is that ridiculous? I'm I stupid. I mean, it, it definitely 100% is not filmed in Napa, but it definitely takes place in Napa. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, scary movie for those of you that don't know was the original name for Scream, and then they were like, "That sounds a little goofy. Change it up." So they decided on Scream. I don't know who decided. I I want to say that. Harvey Weinstein picked the name Scream. Don't mention the name. Which is really, you know, and it is really interesting. I always think about this because, you know, we have the Harvey Weinstein's at the the epicenter of the whole Me Too movement and everything. And, you know, he worked on this film, obviously. And guess who else worked on this film? Rose McGowan. The hero that is Rose McGowan. The champion that is Rose McGowan, who, you know, called out Harvey Weinstein for a shit so I always think like my god there's a, that scene when she just opens the door and her fucking perky tits are there I'm always like oh god is that a I know was that her choice or was that the choice of some fucking creeps at you know the yeah. Weinstein company you know and I know and I'm sure if it were up to the fucking Harvey Weinstein there would have been a lot more nudity Scream was uh, was very influential and telling slasher films you don't need tits and ass to sell a movie all you need is a good story and a little bit of blood (laughs) absolutely yeah there are no tits in scream just perky nipples and the the killings are rather intense primarily in scream one and four i think those are the most intense kills of the series and um i don't know i don't know there there's some really crazy ones like in scream two the, like, the the pole through the head of the police officer. Yeah, like that that it's whole that graphic. whole scene. They it, are they're pretty graphic. Is really crazy. Yeah, I think Scream Three has the lightest kills. Right, absolutely. And it's they, just like, I, I don't know. And I'm I, like, I don't remember people dying of one stab wound to the back. Like ah, right. And then they're dead. Right. Oh, and then or like it gets very movie. You know, like it's the, very like, Hollywood. Like bitch, the that house exploding in Scream Three. Like, <laughs> Okay. No one smelled the gas prior no, to that. No one smelled the gas. All of a sudden, and he lit the little lighter, and all of a sudden, kaboom! That whole and what like, made the killer think that if they can't read it, they're gonna turn a lighter on? I mean, it's so Hollywood. It's I, so, yeah, yeah, they really. Yeah, it was the one movie not written by Kevin Williamson. Yeah, that's whose idea was uh, whose Scream Three idea. He had written a script for Scream Three, but that never got it never got made, and it went on to make the tv series the following starring kevin bacon yeah and all, you know how else it starred nico tortorella of scream four so uh, scream four fame scream four <laughs> yeah i mean he was yeah he, i think part of the reason why the killings are so graphic in this is because kevin williamson the writer of scream and uh, two scream scream two and scream four um was inspired to by the Gainesville Ripper, who was a killer in Gainesville, Florida, that was offing college students and posing their bodies in really horrific ways in their dorm rooms. Live, work, pose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh you are awful, and then you start voguing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're actually like pose and like beautiful, like mannequin, like voguing poses. Oh no, they weren't. Their heads were missing. Oh no. It's a horrible story, but I mean, I don't mean to make light of that. 
<laughs> Comparing it to the ballroom scene. You just said the magic word pose. So I was like, right. you have gay people. You're like, the bodies are posed in horrific poses. You're like, pose, oh, whack no. mama. <laughs> oh my god. So, how do you rank these movies? So, what? So, there's four films. How? What is your ranking? I'm dying to know. Okay, so I want to hear what you think my ranking is. Okay, I would say that you put Scream 3 last, you okay. put Scream 3rd, you put Scream 4 second, and Scream 2 first. I think you ranked them 1, 2, 4, 3. Okay. Okay, so now time for the big reveal. Okay. Yeah. So, so I ranked mine too. You got that one correct. No, my favorite, yeah, my favorite is definitely Scream 2. Your number one is Scream 2. Right. Okay. Only most... Mostly because of my my lifelong obsession with Sarah Michelle Gellar. So, right. Ah, no, well, I do. I fi- I find myself watching Scream Two more often because uh, because Andre's not into slasher films at all, and it, that is that one gets his attention every time. Mm. Yeah, because it, it's actually. I think it's great. It's it's fun. I think it's, it's great. Super fun. I think they up it. You know, they up the ante a little bit. I like the the killer reveal that it and that it's a woman and oh. that and it's fucking Lori Metcalf like what what giving as Mrs. Loomis giving, giving a, the performance oh, of her life giving a performance <laughs> that this movie does not deserve <laughs> seriously she is so fucking good in that movie she is so good and so yeah I just I love Scream 2 I, I put it on I, honestly like when I when I went to college like I, I was like oh my god I would constantly relate that movie to like how I wanted my college experience to be <laughs> like, oh you're basically Sarah Michelle Gellar's character C.C. Yes, Cooper I wish Casey Cooper Casey Cooper <laughs> okay so um, I said 2 was my favorite this one okay these next two I struggle with okay. so I did put 1 as my second favorite and then four. I think as time goes on, I think I, I was like, ah, oh, I really need to not put four in front of one. You, I, see, I, but I'm I mean, on to you because <laughs> I put Scream Four would be your number two because I know. solely based off of Emma Roberts. Right, but I will tell I was, you that when I was writing these brief descriptions of these movies, I didn't even know what to write for Scream Four. I was like, what the hell happens in Scream 4? That's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Besides Emma Roberts. I mean, yes. Yeah, so that's... I do love Scream 4, and I think there are some really amazing things in there. I think the movie really succeeds in its finale. When, you know, once... In the third act, when they reveal who the killer is, and I think that it's very yes. clever how they, they switch up the ending. So it was like, you know, the first movie ended at a party and this ended at a party but didn't because we end up at the hospital with the false ending and I think well you almost think that it's going to end at the stabathon and then there's the after party and then there's the hospital so you get like three endings yeah you get so many endings and um, I think Emma I think Emma Roberts is great and you know people I know people have their their opinions but like I think she's fucking great in it and she gives a crazy ass performance and yeah um, the ending ending is really brilliant where they, um, you know, she sort of, she's curated this, this moment where she's the, the new ingenue, she's the new hero and, you know, Sydney's dead, but then, and that's what the media believes. So after they have the big final showdown where, you know, Emma's fucking fried like a, <laughs> like, a like a piece of chicken. And then outside we have the reporters still 
thinking that she is the hero who saved the day. So, oh my god! So that we final yes, line. that final moment. That's actually a really brilliant moment. I think that's where Scream Four really succeeds, leaving you with that like, oh shit! Like they think she's a hero, but she was the killer. Those two shots of Emma Roberts, the first one, her coming out of the house and everyone's taking pictures, and she's kind of like. Yes, yeah. it's me. Oh my gosh, I survived. Oh, it's very reminiscent of like the Lady Gaga paparazzi video where she, yeah. where, after she like kills her husband and like all the media surrounds. She's like, oh, of me, yeah, oh, for me, me, for me. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end when she's like, Jill Roberts, a, a national hero, or whatever, yes. and she's fucking dead and crazy <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> yes, but do you know what? In the end, she got what she wanted. She got. For a, whether a, the she truth comes the out later, she at least for a minute she got to be the hero. She got to be the yeah you know, that she that she insanely <laughs> wanted to be. She's so good. Yeah, and so we I I love Jill Roberts. She's one of my favorite killers of the entire franchise. Love her. So is Scream your number two or is Scream Four your number two? So I put Scream as my number two. I don't okay. put Scream Four <laughs> out of respect. Out of respect. I mean, honestly, like yeah. So I was like, out of respect, I'm gonna put. Because I do love one, and I watch it a lot. Yeah. Mostly because I, you know, I'm almost like, oh my gosh, I have to start. You, you've never seen the Scream films to random friend, and they're like, right. no. So I'm like, let's start. So then we start Scream 1, and who knows if we ever get to the sequels. But That's at true. least I always start with Scream 1. So, like, I do love Scream 1, second. Then I said 4, and then, of course, 3. And it's not that I dislike 3. I love 3. But, you know. Yeah. Scream meets Hollywood is basically Scream 3. It's right. like Which I love, which I love. That's it's beyond meta. It's took what Scream did and intensified it by like a thousand. Yeah, like we're gonna make a movie and the people making the movie are gonna start dying and <laughs> And there's gonna be a movie within a movie. Yeah, a movie and within a movie. The director is gonna be the killer. Yes, and, and the characters are gonna die in the way that they die in the film and Yeah, I don't and it's fine. Honest to be honest. I think the worst part about Scream 3 is whoever costume designed that film and did the hair. Oh my god. So, it's I mean, so uh, I mean obviously it's a relic of, you know, the year 2000, the 2000s. but Jesus yes. Christ. Like even Courtney Cox makes fun of her fucking bangs in that movie. Oh my god, it's her her bangs are horrific. Literally like that. I'm like, like who gave her and they're not only just like short bangs, like that could have been cute like a Betty Page moment, but it they were like feathered. No, yeah. It was like, <laughs> like what's that happening? That is some fucking quarantine haircut shit right there. Like, and Dewey's mustache. Ew. Oh, horrible. Horrible. Parker Posey is, is the only person that looks good in that movie. Right, absolutely. Sydney is still wearing the costume she was wearing in Scream 2. I'm like, what's going on uh, Literally, with the it's, it's the exact same costume. I don't know if they... It, I'm like, is that a conscious choice or does Neb just <laughs> yeah. really like... like a, They're like, you like, know what? She's in seclusion. She doesn't go shopping anymore. Right, absolutely. She has an olive green shirt and she has a brown jacket. And tie-dye fucking Camacho bang, or whatever you call those gauchos. Get Camacho bang gaucho. What the fuck is Camacho? <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it's like, like gaucho pants. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and then like, I, I, I don't want to go through every single outfit, but I mean, Gail's like that like horrible yellow suit she wears, that, Mc, that McDonald's outfit that they give her with the yellow suit and the red shirt underneath. It does nothing for her skin tone. And she looks old in that, that costume. Absolutely. Like they really, yeah, they fucked up. But I mean, maybe, no. I, honestly, maybe at the time that was the shit. But you, you know, know what's brilliant about uh, Gail's, outfits in those movies though is that she 
Gale in Scream 3 constantly plays with the actress that plays her in the movies, Jennifer Jolie. Yeah. And they constantly are mirroring each other, like, in their outfits. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but, like, oh. I've noticed that the other, like, they're, they're wearing, like, a purple shirt and a big statement, like, necklace at the same time. But, like, because Parker Posey's, like, super Hollywood and it, it's, like, this, she's, like, this artist, like, eclectic-looking, and right. Gail is more put together, but their costumes are, like, mirroring each other. Wow, I didn't realize that. That's that's actually like, smart. The black jacket and the white jacket. There's, like, something, like, they always play off of each other. It's okay, really good. Okay, so there's, all right, so we'll give, we'll give the customers credit. They, they did, <laughs> for that. They, they did, that. they did use their brain, it just, they must not use their eyes. I don't know. The worst outfit award in that movie goes to... Emily Rotem- Rotemer oh as, my God. as Angelina Tyler, Sydney's casting. I'm like, why didn't I would have put Tori Spelling in Scream 3. I think that would have been a brilliant choice. Yeah, especially because they tease in Scream 2 that that Tori Spelling is playing Sydney in the first stab film. I don't know why they just didn't bring her back. She would have been great. Yeah. She would have been great, and I'm sure she would have done it. She wasn't doing anything else at that time. Oh, absolutely. But do you know what? I, I don't know. Maybe it's... Be- she had Scary Movie 2 on the horizon. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't think about that. <laughs> she was like, hold on. I have a much juicier role in Scary Movie 2. Yeah, I'm all booked up. <laughs> yeah. And then she got to the film, and then they, they cut her out of the entire thing. So my ranking um, is Scream is my number one. It's my ultimate favorite. I That's can't not... imagine putting any of these okay. movies before, the, before that one. Just because I have... That, I've told Jake before, that is the first movie I watched from start to finish, and I I was like six years old. So it definitely, I was never a Disney kid, so I never watched like kid movies, I always watched adult movies, and Scream and Titanic. You watch adult movies? Ew. (laughs) Porn and, you know, all that. (laughs) No, Scream and Titanic were like my number one films when I was little. So Scream, for me, is like a nostalgic thing. Like me and my cousins, instead of playing tag, we would reenact Scream as like a game. Um, So Scream is forever my number one. It makes me feel nostalgic. It looks like, you know, the surroundings that I live in, the hills, and it was filmed the county over where I work, and... I work around the corner from Sonoma Community Center, which was the school for Woodsboro High in Scream 1. And I go there and I walk in front of it and I pretend that I'm Rose McGowan (laughs) walking in front. Like, yes, it could be fun. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. I live, so I live in Southern California. I live about an hour away from West Hollywood. And one day I was so bored. I think I was like trying to avoid traffic because, you know, LA traffic. And I was Mm -hmm. like, do you know what? I'm going to go look for some like landmarks from Scream 3 because that t- <laughs> you know that takes place in Hollywood and, and you know they filmed around West Hollywood so I went so one of my I don't know why in my mind I always wanted to go visit the place that there's a scene in Scream 3 where Dewey and Gail go have like a meeting they have like a, a little brunch they have a little brunch and I was yeah. like I'm gonna find this place so I looked it up and I found it and it was like two minutes down the street from where I was and so then I went and I I got a I think I got a some sort of pastry and a lemonade and I sat and you sat at the table yeah. and you took a picture of yourself and sent it to me and I did that's where I am and I was like look <laughs> I was where like, I am I was like ah. right like that's hilarious yes. So. I went. I went. I went um, searching too. Um, I can't find those big, beautiful mansions that they all live in. They're like in secluded, you know, in seclusion. Sure. But um, I found the Healdsburg Town Center, which is where they filmed the fountain scene. Um, and I sat <sighs> in front of the fountain, and I literally sat there for like an hour and a half, like having the whole conversation, soaking in the sun, playing all the playing all the characters. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like, yeah. Switching your wig, girl. You're all, boop. <laughs> yeah, okay, now I'm Rose. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so that, I mean, those are, yeah. So my number two is Scream 2. Oh my gosh, hold on. Before we before we go oh. on, we should, I should definitely make a trip up, but we should go, like, visit that together. And uh, yeah, make a YouTube video. Yes, yeah, make something. a YouTube video of us recreating the whole scene. I think that'd be cute as fuck. Okay, you know what we have to do? There is, um, I don't, I don't know the per, the management that puts it together, but for the past two, maybe three years, they've had a party at the house of the finale of Scream, Stu Mocker's house, where oh, the yes. whole bloody showdown takes place. They do screenings of Scream there every Halloween, and you can, like, pay there, like, spend the night. And they have this big party, and they cater it, and you have drinks, and That it's is some smart fucking PR, fucking bitch. shit. Because that house is stunning. But I've seen the setups, I'm like, I wouldn't want to spend the night. But I would love to go to the screen. <laughs> I would love to yeah, go to the screen. Yeah, no, no. I, would, I don't want to feel I like would... I'm in fucking jail and sleeping next to a stranger. Oh my god, well... <laughs> but... Uh, but amazing to party You might get murdered though, so that might be exciting. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> so Scream Two um, is my number two. Okay. Because so it's far so good. Such a good fucking follow up to Scream. Like it's just it's so good and it's so exciting and fun. And like I said, for people that don't aren't fans of Slasher or don't care about Scream, will love Scream Two. I think so. Scream Two is so much fun. Um, right, my they, number they, they up the celebrity uh, game. I mean, my gosh, you they have. They did. Oh my gosh, Jada Pinkett Laurie, Smith. Jada Pinkett Smith, Laurie Metcalf, Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, Portia de Rossi, Rebecca Gayhart. Like, uh, yeah, Portia de Rossi in it, in an incredibly pivotal role. <laughs> yeah, there's so many like like every actor, even the ones in the background, are like. Joshua Jackson. Oh yeah, like, Joshua remember Jackson. Remember him? He was yeah. like what just a random oh my student. Gosh. Like, and he's you know Joshua Jackson has is kind of like a huge. I don't want to say a huge star, but he's like still huge. You know, he's he just is? on Little Fires Everywhere with Reese Witherspoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. He killed. He's still working. He works a lot, and so. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Like, I haven't seen him since Scream 2. Uh, even the drama teacher. I forget the actor's name, but... Oh, like, he plays in Titanic. Yes! Absolutely. He's the one that arrests, yeah, uh, Jack. Oh my gosh, maybe you just had a crush on him. Maybe that's why you watched those two I movies. do love old men. <laughs> I do. So my number three is Scream 3. So my ranking goes in order of the, of the way they came out. I know that Scream 3 is the weakest film of the bunch. Did you say Scream 3? Yes. <laughs> I like, I like had a moment of like, hysterical deafness. I was like, wait a minute, did he just say Scream Three? Wow. Number three okay. is Scream Three. Okay, I will tell you why. Scream Three is a fucking shit show, right? Okay, it's the weakest film of the franchise. But for some reason, like you, when I was younger, that was like the only one I had, like laying around. Like I couldn't find Scream or Scream Two. My my aunt had this uh, immense like immense library of movies and I always grabbed Scream Three. And I think it was because it was the most appropriate to watch in front of my grandparents. <laughs> so like I would always <laughs> that watch was that the most one. Appropriate? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I was a different type of kid, I guess. Um so Scream Three is number three. Uh, just because it has it still has that nostalgic factor for me. I even remember my par- my grandparents and my mom and everybody renting, they would go every Saturday night and watch movies together. And I remember them renting Scream 2 from Hollywood Video when video stores were around. See? And watching yeah. it on VHS. And those kind of things, like, are what keeps Scream in my life. 
Right. I, I, Scream 3 was the first one I ever saw. I by, I don't know what it was. I think what, <laughs> what maybe, a horrible introduction. Well, like I, I'm never watching any of the other ones. I mean, but obviously, I, I became very obsessed with it. I did watch it a lot. Even though I yeah. didn't know any of the previous plot. I was like a, maybe 11 or 12. And I think my neighbor, I think, had rented it. And I was like, well, I want to watch it too. So I like begged my mom before she came home from work. I was like, can you please stop by Hollywood or Blockbuster or whatever and um, bring me Scream 3? And she was like, okay. And so she did. And I, I loved it. And I didn't understand. I, like, I didn't understand who they were talking about. I was like, who is Maureen Prescott? What does that even mean? You were just there for the kills. But I was just there for the kills and the fun. And then um, for my like 11th birthday, I got all three of the films on VHS. Lovely. Yes, and I was so excited. How old were you? I was like 11. <laughs> oh, fuck, they didn't have DVDs then. No, I mean, I, I, <laughs> but I think Scream 3, when I first watched it, I watched it on DVD, and then when I got the movie, it was like still in that time when like VHSs were still a thing, and DVDs were just starting to show up. Okay, yeah. And so I'd seen Scream 3 on DVD, but then I got the three of them on VHS, and I just wore the motherfucking shit out of them. I was obsessed. Yes. I was obsessed with that. Obsessed. Obsessed. I, I well, one time, I so the woman, my mom's friend, her coworker, uh, bought the movies for me for my birthday. During the summers, I would go and hang out with her son at their house, and I brought the movies that that she bought me she for bought my, for you, right? And so yeah. then, I, so then one day, I was like, "Let's watch them." So me and her son watched them, and he was like two years older than me. And when she found out that we watched those films, his mom freaked the fuck out. Are you kidding? And yes, it like turned into like a big thing between like her and my mom. And my mom's oh like, my what God. the fuck? She's like, you bought these for my kid. And I don't know. I don't and think he's she, t- And he was two years older than he you. He was older than me. And she was, I mean, but I guess, you know, you can't tell people how to parent their kids, but. I guess not. But, but it was just, I like, turned really, out great. And I was really in the weird. room my, watching Scream at six. Right. And my mom was like. <laughs> Just like you bought these for my kid, and you and you found. And now you're mad that you showed them to your kid, who's yeah. older than him. Right, it was just <laughs> so weird. Like, yeah, that the screen movies yeah, had some so weird impacts in my in my life. <laughs> I, I I I don't know anything about that. My mom took me to the movies when I was like nine to see Scream Resurrect or no Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> I begged for my I cr- I remember crying in my room because my dad would not take me to see Halloween Resurrection. And I was Aww. in theaters and I was like, dad, you don't understand how many horror films, how many slasher films I own. Like he would not take me to see it. And I cried and yeah. I didn't see it until it came out on VHS. And so I missed Tyra Banks's award-winning performance on the big screen. <laughs> no, damn. I know. <laughs> oh, well. Well, Scream, uh, Scream 3 sticks out like a sore thumb in this series, but because it's written by somebody else, it has a totally different tone. The ghost of Maureen Prescott makes a cameo. Oh, my Sid- God. Sydney's in it for maybe 30 minutes of screen time, um, and it's so off the wall, but I it, love it. I don't know it's what there's something a, about it. It's mostly a Dewey and Gale story. Right. Which They're I the do main love. characters. I do love that because I think Courtney Cox is great in this part. and She's a final girl, too, and no one gives her that credit. Absolutely. She, she survived four Scream films. Right uh, next to Nev Campbell. And for some reason, Nev Campbell is still the only face Scream. <laughs> right, literally. Um, so, for the Scream 4, and I will tell you exactly why. 
I, there are like three main reasons. The first one is that when I talk about Scream 4, I like, like writing this little thing, I, I didn't even know what to write because I'm like, what happens in Scream 4? It's so like mellow teen melodrama which is fine but I don't know there's something about it that's not as charming as the the original Um, and the other thing is that it's fucking blurry I don't know why they decided to give it that soft glow you know what I'm talking about Uh, it has this like soft glow to it I'm like what is this RuPaul's Drag Race season season one I don't know if it was to make them look younger, but it has this like soap opera feel to it with the storyline and then that soft glow. So when I watch it, I'm like, this is a fucking soap opera. You don't think it looks gritty enough? You think it looks too polished? It's too polished, yeah. And the third thing that I don't like about Scream 4 is when the most brutal kill in the film is Olivia getting murdered and it that is like really intense and then he throws her half of her body out that window <laughs> and but like, then he like shakes, shakes his knife like <laughs> at the kids like lawn. you're next <laughs> i'm like yeah i'm like what the fuck it's so intense and then it gets ruined with that because it's it looks comedic like yeah i'm getting you next I i'm mean, like well the, the killer is an old man <laughs> and it turns out to be a teenage girl so Oh, that's another thing, is that when they reveal the killer, and it's actually Emma Roberts wearing it so that she can take the mask off. She looks like a She's so child. much shorter than everybody else, and you're like, she was not killing anybody. Right, especially because she, like, I think her character kills um, Anthony, the Anthony Anderson's character, <laughs> yeah. stabs him in the forehead, and then, like, it's like this big towering ghost face. And then you come to find out that it was that it, <laughs> it was, was Emma Roberts, was and Emma you're like, Roberts. what? It was like five foot one. Which I guess you know, whatever. We're suspending. It's it's a movie. We gotta suspend exactly. our disbelief a little bit, but it's just funny. exactly. It, yeah, to me, it, I think that's what spawned the idea that hey, you know what? This could be a TV series. We, I think, I think Scream Four is the reason why it became a Scream, a TV series. I I, I agree. Because they're like, we could do like a teen melodrama and make it slasher. And I will admit that those first two seasons of the Scream TV series, while they were, you know, a cheap, like it didn't have to be Scream, it could have been something else, but they were decent. They yeah. were really decent. I just, there were some really great moments in those Scream TV series. I just don't think it went, it didn't go all the way. And also I don't think that they're, I don't think it works to, to drag out the storyline so long. I mean, most of the films no. only they only they take place over like a day and a half, you know. Right. Right. Because that's enough I, time before a killer gets caught. But like the series this, they drag it out for day like days he's going and on weeks. For weeks. Yeah, it's like what? I mean, like, I guess no one's found him. Like where is the FBI? <laughs> yeah, this killer who's literally just killing and then and then my problem with like slasher TV shows is that you always know that the main cast is not going to get killed first. Oh no. And, it, and, it's oh. Al- and it's always like a random new character that they introduce that episode <laughs> who's like, hi, I'm just showing up for the first time. And then of course you're like, oh, okay, well and that, bitch, that bitch is killed. Yeah. That bitch is going to die because it's that happened in the, yeah, they took like their six main characters and put them back in season two and then they still survived. I was like, why is no one dying? Yeah, and there wasn't even no a dying? season three with those people. So just kill them all. Yeah, just like wow, well, like what are, what are we what are we prolonging? You know, what are we losing? Yeah. Right. So um, let's talk about Scream Five. Okay, I Details hope are it's good. Non-existent for Scream Limited. Five. Limited. Scream Five, the little short sentence synopsis that they sent out to people to market this, you know, th- 
the ongoings are a woman returns to her hometown to find out who is behind these new killings i'm like why is she going there is she a cop so we don't know too much about it but it's about it doesn't sound like it's a continuation of right i mean to be honest like i don't know if i'm like these characters have been through so much four mass murders like to bring them back again it's like how realistic is it that everybody wants to kill Sydney Sydney Prescott. prescott five times now like my god like no I don't know what... I, it's been done to death <laughs> right and so i really hope that they find a way to shake it up i know it's the director of ready or not which is cool i yes. loved i loved ready or not um, it's i think there it's two a team of two i don't mm. know their names but and it, it's and a the, team of two guys that right and i and I, forget, I looked up who the writer was and what they had previously written and i'm like okay cool 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 so yeah. I, I hope that they take it. They they think of something brilliant, some new direction. To Ready or Not was a very good, solid horror movie. Yeah, it was. It was. It's great. a and lot it, of action, right? But and, it's and, good. It, and it's perfectly, I think, uh, symbiotic with like a Scream series because it's very, I don't know, like it has that meta element. It has the meta it. element, but it's also like self awareness, like satire. Like it's like horror, but has comedy, and I think Scream really, you know, has that's a lot what of they that. do. Right. I hope that they bring more of the the seriousness of Scream One. Like Scream One was a satire film. It was like a spoof basically, but it was so well done that you get tricked into not thinking that it is that. Right. It's not to, when you watch it, you're like it's not. But when you read about it and you're really like, oh, dig in, you're absolutely, like, it's oh, a spoof. They're, right. There's so much. Me- there's so much meta, and there's so much self awareness. Absolutely. Yeah. Down to the names of the characters. That's right. Um, so let's. How about this? So, um, if Scream were to be made in 2020, who would play them? You know, we so, talked about who almost played them. Who would play them now? So, if I were to take the original Scream and like Scream never existed, we're not talking about a remake, right? We're just talking about like if Scream never existed and they were making it now. Okay, sure. Okay, so I would basically. <laughs> take the cast of Euphoria and plug them into Scream. Oh my god. Wait, that's actually brilliant. But that yeah. and you know, and that makes sense because a lot of the, the the actors from Scream were like TV actors. They weren't yeah. like they weren't uh, a, they, they were a little unknown. Right. We had our A-list in the beginning with Drew Barrymore, but then we had like Party of Fives and Nev Campbell and we had you know, just they were just like yeah. teen actors. I feel like I feel like the cast of like Riverdale or something would be in consideration for these. Oh, okay. I would pick some of them. Yeah, I would do like Zendaya as Casey Becker, and just okay. she's she's the she's the star of Euphoria. She's and she's you know the most well known out of that cast of cast of kids. Even if we're talking about Riverdale, yeah. so Zendaya would I would definitely make her. You wouldn't make her Casey Sydney? Becker. Because <sighs> she is she does have that strength to her too. Okay. That Neff Campbell has. So yes. maybe Zendaya Sydney. I'm not mad at that. Okay. But we'd have to get somebody else to do case that 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 same effect of Casey Becker, and none of nobody from Riverdale or uh, Euphoria right. would pull that off. That's true. It would have to be somebody else, like a like like a Mar- like a Margot Robbie or something. Margot Robbie. Yeah, <laughs> she's way too yeah. she's way too she's, old. But she's you way know too what? Old. All of um, them. Are. <laughs> I, I can't. Or like a Haley Steinfeld. Yes. Yeah. yeah. People yeah. know her. Yeah, people know her. She probably will be in. I bet she'll be in Scream Five. Like, I, like <laughs> probably. Yeah, I would do that, and then I would do yeah Zendaya as Sydney, 
And then I would do like the girl that plays Maddie, Alexa Demi from Euphoria. I would put her as like Tatum. You're obsessed. I would make Tatum a boy. I'm obsessed with her. Well, you want to play hello. Tatum. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you bitch, it's 2020, and you know we gotta get, we gotta you know get a little get diversity with the, with the gays over here. So. Get with the time. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get like a. Okay. You know, let's mix it up. Yeah. Let's make yeah. Her, let's make Tatum her like protective gay best friend. That might be yes, predictable I mean. and annoying. That, but I mean. Maybe make Randy gay and give him a boyfriend for an extra body count. Oh, shit. We switch the shit up now. Or what if Randy and the boyfriend are the killers? You change shit up. Well, here, well, if we had a gay oh. character, the boyfriend would be Stu. Like. Well, if Tatum and Stu, you leave them as is and you make Randy and this new boyfriend character, Randy gay, they could be. Randy doesn't couple. get a boyfriend. Randy's a loser. Oh. Randy's a loser. He's not a loser. He's a geek. Yeah. What did I say? I, look, if I were in high school and closeted and Randy was went to my school, I'd probably have a crush on him because he knows movies. No, I wouldn't. Not if it was Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> I'm looking at you like, what? <laughs> I like thugs, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a cello. I don't know. With Riverdale, probably they would put... Like, like, li- like Lily Reinhardt, like she's like making her way into big films like Hustlers and stuff. Um, oh yeah, she would definitely. Maybe she could be Casey Becker. Yeah, she could be Casey. Uh, yeah, she could be Casey Becker. She could off get off in the first few minutes. Zendaya definitely would be an amazing Sydney. Yeah, she'd be so good. I Billy- also like the girl that yeah. plays um, in Euphoria again. Um, the girl that plays um, the girl that does the webcaming. Her real name is like Barbie Ferreira or something. Oh yeah, she's great. She's good. I would, yeah, I would put her in there too somewhere. You, we'll, we're, okay, we're just gonna say Euphoria does scream. Euphoria does scream. I love that. Or Riverdale. Yeah, Euphoria meets Riverdale meets Sabrina or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. If you took those three casts and just plucked people out of them to be in. Yeah. Scream. scream. The new scream that would <laughs> scream. Be there it great. is. Scream uh, five. Get there them for Scream 5. Hello. Okay, we're we giving you ideas. Work. Hello. Yeah. Oh, my on. God. Whoever is making Scream come 5, on. I yeah. know you're listening. <laughs> Whoever is, you know, casting this film, listen to our podcast. And you got your cast right there. You got your cast right there. If Zendaya is not Sydney Prescott, by the, or well, the new face of Scream 5, by the time Scream 5 comes out, I'm not going. Yeah. I will boycott. <laughs> <laughs> You guys got the pleasure <laughs> of listening to Jake and I talking about one of the treasures that is, will forever be dear to our hearts. Yes, we love Scream so much. We want to thank Wes Craven. We didn't even mention his name. R.I.P. Wes Craven! He directed all four films. That yes. is disgusting. We're disgusting. We're disgusting. I can't believe we didn't even honor his legacy. Wes Craven, thank you for Scream. Thank you for Nightmare on Elm Street. He did a phenomenal job with all four films. Absolutely. So uh, He made the best of Scream 3. <laughs> yeah, he did, what he, he did what he could. He did what he could. Tune in next week where we talk about OG horror drag queen Norma Bates will be taking a stab at 1960s Psycho and its legacy, as well as our killer love of drag. Thanks for tuning in, Sweet Screams Bitch. Sweet Screams Bitch. <laughs>